is What Shall We Do About with Sam Robinson. Hello and welcome to What Shall We Do About, the show that tries to improve the world's less pressing problems. Amish paradise, like a surgeon, eat it. Three parody songs from the master, Weird Al Yankovic. On surface level, the guy has simply changed a word in each title and made a whole spoof song out of it. But dig deeper and there's much more at work. Unfortunately though, not all parody songs are as good. There's always that moment at a 21st birthday or a workplace farewell where a guitar emerges and a tribute song is sung poorly. So what shall we do about parody songs? How can we ensure that they're done well and not in a way that would make your grandmother blush or even make you cringe? I've enlisted the help of musician and broadcaster Lindsay the Dr. McDougall, who along with his guitar shared his own parody songs, lessons that he's learned in making them, and what he deems to be the essential ingredients to a clever parody tune. Lindsay the Dr. McDougall, so good to have you on the pod. You too, Sam. I've got my cup of tea and I'm ready to go. Oh, good. Wow, I have no beverage here. Um... But that's okay. We'll we'll carry on. Um, well, you got me up late, so you know. <laughs> that's true. It's, it's late. It's late for me as well. <laughs> um, now, look, people know you from the radio. They might also know you as a musician from Friends of Rom. And I guess a lot of the music that you've done as Friends always tongue in cheek yeah. or satirical yes. in some senses. But um, you've also dabbled in a few parody songs in your time, right? Oh yes. Yeah, and it's it's interesting when you think about like the difference between satirical songs and parody songs and I know we're going to sort of talk about certain masters of the genre and mm. there's, you know, I, I think people just normally think parody is like, you know, you get a you get a song and change its lyrics and you um and and you you know, you turn uh, you know, bad into fat, for example, and <laughs> hilarious and millions of dollars in shoe. But um <laughs> but there's there's so many um yeah, I think you know, a, a parody can be a parody of a style. It can be a parody of, of an idea of a, of a type of song or whatever, you know. So, yeah, I think Frenzel sneaks into that parody thing. I, I wrote a song called Looking Good on San Susi, which was kind of a uh, uh, like a country music parody. It was like, you're looking at 20 years and you're looking good. That whole idea of, um, I don't know, just sort of weird little play on words and things. Mm. Um, and, and most people would call most of our attempts at punk rock, at tough punk rock, a parody of punk rock as well. So. Yeah, okay. Well, let's, I want to ask you about a couple of your uh, mm-hmm. parody songs that stand out to me because one you did only a few months ago was about the Ruby Princess. Yes. Goodbye, Ruby Princess, which is a parody of a Rolling Stones song that I'm not familiar with. Maybe I'm too Goodbye, young. Goodbye, Ruby Tuesday. Yeah, oh, I don't know. Wow, it. yeah, big hit. There, there's actually there's a couple of funny things about doing a Rolling Stones song as a parody. Now, the reason that it happened was was very um, innocent. I didn't want to do a parody of anything to do with coronavirus because it's a horrible time for so many people. Mm. And so many people are dying. And quite um, coincidentally, someone on Twitter asked me if I wanted to play guitar on a, on a, on a song. And, he, and it was going to be something to do with coronavirus. And I'm like, oh, man, are you doing... Do you want to do my my Corona? And he's like, God help me, it was COVID nineteen. Uh, of course, the red gum parody. Yes. And I was like, mate, I don't think I can do that for a couple of reasons. Obviously, the song is quite serious, and to uh, to to red gum and and to you know to to people who listen to that song religiously on Anzac Day and Remembrance Day, and thinking about the horrors of war, and also you can't then just do a song called about COVID nineteen when people are dying. And so he went, oh, okay, whatever. And then he didn't do it. 
And then someone else did. I think it was Kate Miller Heidke's partner did one, and the dude from Redgum asked him to delete it. All <laughs> so oh, right. He got he got back to me and said, "Oh, actually, yeah, you were probably right." And uh, <laughs> which I think goes to say, you got to be. And I don't think I've always been, and I don't think parody writers have always been. Um, you know, uh, you know, thought correctly about whether they should do them or not. Mm. So anyway, I wasn't going to do anything to do with Corona. And the uh, the my Sharona, my Corona thing was because Weird Al tweeted. For the last time, I'm not doing my corona. Yeah, that's <laughs> beautiful. Weird Al Yankovic. We'll probably talk about him later. But um, uh, so we were uh, talking about you know, emails blasting around about the Ruby Princess because Ruby Princess is a cruise ship in Australia that docked in the middle of March, in the middle of the night. A whole bunch of people got off. They weren't properly checked. A lot of them had the coronavirus. A lot of people now died. Over 600 um, people have uh, connected, uh, got infections because directly from the cruise ship, even as far as Tasmania and overseas. Mm. And then it came to uh, Port Kembla, and um, it, uh, which is where we were, which is where I broadcast in Wollongong. And uh, it's quite beautiful, the, the, the love between the people on the land and the people on the sea because they couldn't get off the boat. The people doing um, uh, like uh, uh, care packages for people on board. The people on board were doing GoFundMes for welfare organisations in Wollongong. Anyway, so it was quite nice. When it was leaving, a lot of email chains going around ABC, Illawarra, and my friend Jen Courtney, who produces The Breakfast Show, accidentally called it the Ruby Tuesday instead of the Ruby Princess in this email. And I'm like, okay, Jim, you realise now I'm going to have to do that song. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, uh, and so there it was. And it was, it, it's a song that's it's quite easy to, you know, it's easy to find um, uh, a version of it online without the, without the vocals on it, without Mick Jagger's vocals on it. And it was pretty easy to just put down um, some silly uh, lyrics to do with uh, the Ruby Princess that weren't in any way cruel to the people on board or to the people that had died. Bit of a dig at uh, the governmental authorities who kind of let the people off the boat. But, yes. Uh, that was about it. So I don't think I quite pulled off Mick Jagger's beautiful voice. But, it's good. Uh, you know. It's good. <laughs> Um, I did my best. It was nice. It was something that I didn't think. I just seriously did it in about an hour, and and uh, I was like, oh, I chuck that up on Twitter, and it, you know, people seem to like it. Which was and nice. and it did. It did all right. Let's go back in time though. Say fifteen years ago. Um, yeah. I I do recall. I was a very keen, very uh, devoted Triple J listener when you and Jay Wally took over the Breakfast Show mm. uh, at the start of two thousand five, and uh, it only took uh, I think maybe a few days into your tenure. <laughs> Before a bit of controversy uh, took place around a parody song that you uh, made together, and uh, it made all the headlines. Yeah, it was uh, it was two thousand and five. It was just after two thousand and four. The Boxing Day tsunami had struck um, Sri Lanka and, uh, and 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 parts of Thailand and the sort of that whole Southeast Asia area, and uh, it was terrible. It was horrible, and it was actually just before we went uh, on air for the very. So this is we we were a bunch of couple of dudes in a band that had been given the breakfast show on <laughs> Triple J nationally. So imagine that ridiculousness. No radio training without, you know, we'd done six months of stuff before this and they went, okay, you're doing the national radio show. Will and Adam, amazing crew, had just finished up and we're going to replace them. Um, so anyway, there's there's your setting. Two idiots who don't know what they're doing. And um, <laughs> I was at a party at my friend Luke's house and uh, sitting, we were talking about the terrible, terrible things, and then I just started singing. You know, oh, we need to do a charity single. You know, it's it's about, the, and then somehow tsunami, you tsunami, popped into my head, and I didn't think anything more of. 
all right, this is because, you know, I'm a songwriter. What I do is I think of something silly and then I'll write a song about it and mm. I keep it going until I've written a song. So by, yeah, by the, I think the end of that week, first week on air, I'd recorded it at home and played it and we got even like people like Sarah Blasco sang a, a verse. We got her to sing a bit on it and stuff. And look, I, I've got it. There is a version recorded online, but it's kind of, it's, it was recorded in 2005 and the internet hasn't been good to the quality <laughs> of it. But this is kind of basically how it goes. Then you've got to imagine, um, you know, this is, a parody, so it's not a parody of any song, but it's a parody of your Live Aids, of your We Are The World, Do They Know It's Christmas, all that kind of um, chest puffing, feel mm. good about yourself. And in fact, that was the idea, of course, that um, these songs are about feeling good about yourself and being seen to be doing something more than actually doing something and then drawing a slight parallel with the fact that the government had promised a bunch of foreign aid, which turned out, at least from my memory at the time, that was actually a loan and had to be repaid. Mm. So there was this kind of thing and I was like going, so it was... Australians, we're a nation Built up in trust and charity We're reaching out with both hands To our friends across the sea Benevolent of spirit And compassionate of heart We're holding hands in the troubled times A beacon in the dark Well, we killed them in the cricket Turned back their refugees now the time is right to offer help So we're standing up together Sing aloud in harmony So we can feel good about ourselves And it goes on for another verse and, you know, so it's sort of... And then it's like, it's a proud Australian concept To help somebody else To help you feel good about yourself It's sooner than Sooner we from the Bay of Bengal to the Andaman Sea. It's sooner him, it's sooner she, sooner you, sooner me. And so there's so many ridiculous ideas to it. Yeah. Mostly that the word tsunami can be replaced, the last syllable can be replaced with lots of other things. And that's really it. And apparently it caused a bit of a storm. Yeah. Not labour upon. So can we talk about the storm? Because yeah. I was just, uh, you know, Googling the song. Mm. I knew about the song. Read a lot of articles about how, you know, Talkback Radio was talking about these, these you know, young thugs on Triple J just oh, taking no. over the shift and all that kind of stuff. What, what are your memories of that time with the backlash? Well, I remember, um, yeah, we had to be on, like, I don't know if it was Steve Price or, like, a Steve Price-style character. I had to chat to him. Uh, so, basically, every, like, there were people looking at the Triple J Breakfast Show because we'd just started. Yeah. And um, when we, we had this song and I played it to our boss, Linda Bracken, and she was like, whoa, this is, like, before it went to air because Upward Referral is the holy grail of getting away with stuff on radio. <laughs> upward Referral, Upward Referral. And uh, <laughs> so she upwardly referred it to her boss and we got the okay, you know, we checked it out, and which is, which is cool because mm. it was just a, a – it, it comes under the banner of – of satire and humour and blah, 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 it's funny. But, and, um, yeah, but then we still had to, you know, deal with the media who wanted to talk to us about it. I think I even had Channel 10 in my um, in my lounge room in Newtown where I was living. I did. I think it was for that. It was very strange to just do, like, a two-minute question about it. But, yeah, I remember asking um, uh, Steve Kinane, one of Australia's great ABC journalists who was doing the Hack show. I think it was still the morning show then, but became Hack. And... Um, 
he uh, I was asking him about all the things like, you know, what if they ask me about this? What if they ask me about this? So basically he was fact-checking all the lines in the song that I'd already written and already sung. Like, well, yeah, the, the billion dollars foreign aid, half of which must be repaid. So that's fair enough. We'll talk about that and all that. <laughs> but in the end, they didn't. the people who interview you don't want you to go, well, actually, that's the truth. I and mean, we have turned back their refugees. And, you know, this is, they're like, but come on, mate. What about Australians? They're bloody doing their bloody, bloody, bloody and charity and Australian spirit. And to be quite honest, they're absolutely right. Because, yeah. you know, at a time like that, you're not supposed to be picking holes in Australia's response. You can pick holes in, you know, specific things. But, you, you know, you're trying to do this uh, amazing reaching out of charity, which we were doing. And I remember Tim Costello was on the show mm. uh, that week or the week after. And he was so beautiful about it. He was like, you know, come on, come on, boys. Just, uh, you know, oh, what was he? What was his, his words were just, you know, um, just... Who are you? Who are you trying to affect? You know, who are you trying to? You know, are you trying to make? You know, we want we want people to be to be happy or positive. Or st- I can't remember the words that he used, but they were really quite nice. I probably should have committed them to memory. And um, from that time on, we actually ended up doing something called Happy Monday. On um, every Monday, no negative news. We just do happy stuff. And so <laughs> we kind of took this thing to heart of like, okay, so radio is actually a force where you're not supposed to be just constantly negative and cynical. You actually, especially when people are waking up in the morning, you kind of got to make people feel nice because they're doing a job that's much harder than yours and you're just bringing them down with all of your nonsense cynicism <laughs> from a bunch of dudes that have done nothing but play music in a band and tour of the world since they left school so yeah a po- point well made <laughs> but um, i still do like the whole sooner them sooner we sooner he sooner she nonsense so 15 years on it's still mm. good in your heart yeah you love it it's the, well it's the wordplay and i love yeah. this, I, I love wordplay and that I mean, from all of the all the political cynicism that, that uh, is in Frenzel Rom songs and stuff, I just love a good pun, and I, mm. I love how they uh, how they work in lyrics. When you you hear them and then you process them and you giggle, like it's like a second layer of of humour rather than oh yeah, look at these idiots singing about charity, you know. Yeah, of course, of course. Well, let's talk about parody songs. Um, mm. What would you say are the best parody songs in history? Because I know you've done some research before this. You, you've enjoyed listening back to <laughs> a few. What you mean by listening to the, the, the king of the parody song, Weird yeah. Al Yankovic? Yes. Yeah. Look, there's, I was thinking about to all of the parody songs that I listened to growing up. And I, used, I, and I listened to a lot. And I used to listen to Club Veg on Triple M. And D-Generation did that amazing parody called Five in a Row where they took off John Farnham and James Rain and... Um, Kylie Minogue, I think, was in that. And around the same time, Fast Forward and the Comedy Company were doing amazing songs with Gina Riley, who's from Catherine Kim, of course. But back then she was doing things like singing a song, doing a parody of I Touch Myself by The Divinals, which was just hilarious to me, like taking songs that I was loving. Mm. And I love John Farnham. And then you got this, uh, you got these guys, the D-Generation, doing this version of uh, doing a John Farnham parody that ends up like, if anybody tries to call me Johnny, I'll kick their bloody teeth in. And it, for me as a kid, I was like 12 at the time. I thought it was the funniest thing in the world. Yeah, of course. So I was really into Australian kind of parodies that were on TV shows at the time and radio. Club Veg did v- vaguely politically incorrect songs and some very politically incorrect. But they also did a great song called Vinyl Pants about rock stars wearing vinyl pants that I really liked. But they also d- did like actual song parodies. Um, but then... I also then discovered Weird Al, which was probably around 1992, which as punk, uh, as grunge was becoming this massive thing all over the world, he decides to take on the biggest song in the world at that time, which is It Smells Like Teen Spirit, and he does Smells Like Nirvana, uh, <laughs> which for me was a pivotal moment because I'm like, I love this song. I love Nirvana. I love everything about them. I'm dressing like Kurt Cobain. I was 
in a couple of years going to be dyeing my hair, uh, you know, bl- I was already blonde, but dying a little red in it like Kurt Cobain did. But I love this as well. And I was like, oh, he's not really making fun of them. He's kind of laughing with them. You know, I mean, the, the, these guys are kind of having a good time doing it. And um, I sort of realised that there's this whole sort of um, making, like not making fun of a song, but have, having fun with the song without making fun with the song. And I think that's mm. kind of what Weird Al does so very well. And um, in, um, I guess, lots of different ways. He'll either do a direct... So the, the two different ways you can do parodies of actual direct songs is like Smells Like Nirvana, you make fun of the song. And, you know, <laughs> what are the words to this song? And fun of the band. And, you know, where was it? Garage band from Seattle. Well, the shore beats raising cattle. <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. And, and, and so you're just take, you're making fun of the band itself in the song. Or you just take a word, make a pun, and then you go from there, which is, is you, you eat it, you're fat, uh, all of those. And I, I was thinking about this today because these days... Would you make a fat shaming song like Fat? Would you make a song like Eat It? Eat It's less fat shaming. I guess it's more just about your parents telling you to eat your food. But yeah. I I like the idea of what he was doing in that song isn't pointing out someone and saying that they're fat. And uh, there's a band called the Baron Knights who were really big in the UK from the 60s. I started looking. I, I used to had a had a tape of theirs and they had a song called Spaghetti Betty, which was a just a song they'd made up, a funny song. Yeah. But it was paying out this woman called Spaghetti, uh, called Spaghetti Betty and she was fat. And it was that that has not aged well because it's like this direct thing. But the idea of parodying and making fun of uh, America's predilection for terrible food or the Western world's predilection for terrible fat food, that kind of still works. Mm. And that's... and. Also, coupled with the fact that Weird Al is vegan and hasn't eaten any of that stuff that he sings about. And I think that's why he's got this thing in his head about uh, about filthy food. Yes. So I think it kind of... Uh... But anyway, the, the songs he writes about food are not my favourite songs of his. And the right, one of the reasons he didn't do My Corona is because years and years and years ago, he did My Bologna about um, bologna, about, uh, about <laughs> processed meat. <laughs> yes, that's right. So anyway, I, I mean, yeah, I don't know what the best parody songs in the world are, but a lot of them are Weird Al's. And they're not even his, um, his direct song covers. Some of his others, I think, are absolutely wonderful that aren't um, direct song covers. In fact, I even, on the Year 9 excursion uh, for St. John Bosco, we went to, to Goulburn and then Canberra and back, and we had a, a band, like a talent night, and I played a Weird Al Yankovic song at it. You Don't Love Me Anymore, and... I can just, I can just get, so I'm just going to do just like a little bit because I know that I'm going to annoy people with everything, but (laughs) it was kind of like. We've been together for so very long, but now things are changing, oh I wonder what's wrong. Seems you don't want me around. The passion is gone and the flames died down, I guess I. Lost a little bit of self-esteem That time that you made it with the whole hockey team He rarely mentions sex, so that's kind of interesting for Al. <laughs> Used to think I was nice Now you tell all your friends that I'm the Antichrist Oh, why did you disconnect the brakes in my car? That kind of thing is hard to ignore Got a funny feeling you don't love me anymore. So it's like a it's clever, it's very, isn't it? Yeah, and it's just you know, it's just a list of things that his his wife's doing to him to slowly kill him, and <laughs> it's one of that's it's kind of obvious, but it's also done in such a nice way, you know. And yeah, but yeah, uh, and I don't think I um, 
I don't imagine I was very good at the band when I was in year nine. I only just started learning guitar, but still, <laughs> it was probably fun to do. <laughs> I, I, I like. I'm not really across Weird Al. Probably, mm. maybe I'm too young because because his big heyday was kind of the '80s and '90s, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's um, still, I mean, he's still releasing stuff all the time. But yeah, I reckon I love Al when he was like glasses wearing and curly hair. He's now all straight hair and, and contacts and stuff. Yeah, and, right. Um, Okay. I don't know. I think he's lost some of his nerd power a little bit. Yeah, okay. <laughs> he parodies, when he parodies song parodies, he parodies songs that are popular at the time. And for me, I don't, I'm not really into songs that are popular right now. Mm. You know, he did White and Nerdy. I've never heard Ride and Dirty, the song yeah. that he's, that he's uh, uh, like covering. I don't know what, it, what the song that is, but um, I still don't mind that song. But yeah, so when he's doing like Yoda and um, like there's a parody of, of Lola, and uh, the, the the story begins, or whatever it's called, uh, the journey begins, which is a parody of American Pie, all about Anakin Skywalker. I'm getting that because I love the TV, I love the movie, and I love the song. Yeah, you know? I, I did some uh, reading up on him on Wikipedia, mm. which I know is obviously the the authority That's, on all yeah, things. 100%, yeah. um, and uh, I was fascinated to read in the early days. Or I don't know if he still does it, but. Um, mm. He and his band tried to keep the backing music in his parodies the same as the original song, and often they would transcribe the original song by ear and then re-record the song for the parody. Mm. As a muso, yeah. is that is that a hard thing to do? They they get the notes right. They get the uh, the tones of the guitars and everything right. I was yeah, listening right. today just doing that, and it, it's amazing. Like horrible sounding music, like Offspring and Green Day. Well, Green Day sounds kind of nice. Offspring, I never really liked the production of, but yeah, they got the production exactly right and if he's doing difficult stuff like um uh yeah i guess like like hip-hop and 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 that sort of music god like he does gangsters paradise as amish paradise and if you were to listen to the instrumental track before it starts you have no idea that that's that, that it suddenly um weird al's gonna start in fact sometimes i've had my um back when i had like a um, ipod style thing i'd have it on shuffle and i'm like oh yeah nirvana oh no no that's weird al. You, can, you can't tell yeah and i think that's really important that respect for the uh, for the original song, it's not just some drunk guy on a guitar, and I and and I think that's why, like you know, people love like Adam Sandler, and he does these sort of filthy songs and stuff. But I don't really get in it because it's just him with an acoustic guitar being filthy, and and you know, and the other thing, good thing about Weird Al is that he doesn't swear, which is kind of nice when you want songs that you can play anywhere. Yes, um, even though they do get a little racy sometimes. <laughs> but um, yeah, he, and the other thing he does, which he can do is he asks the musicians for permission. Mm. Um, and I think he's even, I'm sure there's an interview where he said he's, there's people that he hasn't been got permission to do and so he hasn't done them. Eminem maybe, did he do Eminem? Maybe in a, maybe in a polka, but not in an actual parody. I read um, about, um, this is a great one, Paul McCartney, who's a big yeah. fan of Yankovic, refused mm. him permission to record a parody of Wings Live and Let Die titled Chicken Pot Pie because... <laughs> According to Yankovic, McCartney's a strict vegetarian and didn't want a parody that can condone the consumption of animal That's, flesh. But ironically, so is Weird Al as well. But that is beautiful. That is so McCartney too, yeah. isn't it? And then McCartney <laughs> said, maybe you could change the parody to Tofu Pot Pie. Oh, God. But Yankovic found that, the, that this wouldn't fit the lyrics he'd written, no. so they didn't no. do it. That's brilliant. That is such a McCartney, that's such a Peter or a McCartney thing, and I can say that as a vegan. I'm allowed to hassle my own kind. Of course, but that you can. is that's that's <laughs> yeah. I I just love the way that Weird Al does it, and he's not he's not being mean to people. Mm. Like you know, he's not. He does stuff up occasionally. He did on um his last record, or maybe his one before that, do this great parody of um, uh, Blurred Lines. It's by Pharrell and some other idiot, I'm not sure. And that song itself is really dodgy for so many reasons. I mean, they ripped off 
so, uh, like the original song. Also, it's got this weird, weird misogynistic mm. sexual assault stuff in, in the song Blurred Lines. But he did this great version of it um, called Word Crimes. And it was hilarious, all about, you know, getting your and your and there and there wrong and all of this. It's, it's an amazing song and he sings it perfectly and it sounds just like the original of the production. But he does, he, he talks about, he rhymes drastic and elastic with the word spastic. Wow. And this is in 2010, yeah. maybe, maybe 11, 12, 14 even maybe. And somehow he re- not realised that that is an ableist slur and he got dragged for it. And I didn't think, I think, I thought he had just, as far as I know, he'd apologise and got rid of it. But I heard it today on the, on uh, online, the Spotify version of that song. I was like, wow, that verse is still in. So good to see he's human and does make a mistake. That's you know, right, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And also, sorry, I yeah. just remembered. He was on 30 Rock. Okay, so so this is the idea that there's apocryphal legends are that people who don't want to be parodied by Weird Al Yankovic try and write songs that are beyond parody. And, uh, and, and okay. it's, it's doable. I remember, I remember one election, maybe the 2007 election, um, John Howard was cold calling people. This is in Australian politics. He was cold calling people, um, the prime minister at the time, leaving these messages on people's answering machines or this, this recorded message that he'd read out. And uh, I was on ra- radio at the time and we tried to get it and we tried to cut it up and, uh, and make it into something funny and we couldn't do it. We realised whoever had written this, this 30 second piece of ad for him had, w- had worded it so it couldn't be turned into anything funny. You couldn't make him say anything funny. Anyway, people also try and write songs like that. Yeah. That Weird Al can't, uh, can't parody. And there's this episode of 30 Rock where, uh, where Jenna Maroney's appearing on uh, the same show with Weird Al Yankovic and she's performing a song. She's this cast member in 30 Rock, this great hilarious TV show. And so she writes a song that's unable to be parodied. And, uh, and so she has to go as filthy as possible so she can't be parodied. And it's fart so loud, fart so loud, yummy, yummy pizza makes me fart so loud, thinking that it's already so ridiculous it can't be parodied. And obviously it's become quite a favourite song in our, in our house and whenever I'm having digestive problems, it's a song that gets sung. But Yedow Yankovic's on a song on the show and you see him standing in front of an American flag and he sings, heart so proud, heart so proud. And it's a song about his dad being a soldier in the <laughs> Second World War. Makes my heart so proud. And so he turned it around and turned a parody song into a serious song. Anyway, that was just something I remembered and it's a good story about Weird Al being a good guy. It's very true. Like it's just <laughs> how he operates. Um, mm-hmm. All right, well, let's talk about parody songs in general because yeah, yes. this is the problem we're trying to solve because I know that there's a lot of bad ones out there. Yeah. What do you think makes a bad parody song like what are the things that that bad parody songs are missing it's just i'd say laziness and because it's easy to hear a song and work out what it sounds like what it sounds like it's going to be and just be lazy about it and i mean lazy in a couple of different ways you can be lazy with the recording and i think you know commercial radio is full of this and i'm sure they're excellent and some of them are really funny the ideas but then you've got you know dano and the and the blitz breakfast radio team from uh from maruchidor and they've got a song that's popular maybe it's uh shake it off and they've decided to uh change it to take it off and then it's just them in a studio going take it off oh you trick at the pub's hot so take it off and um you know this is great for clicks on the radio station's facebook page and you'll see dano and you'll see the schnitz uh, i've decided he's called the schnitz now um you know <laughs> that sounds pretty accurate song. Yeah, and you've got them. Uh, I remember we got interviewed by this band once, and they decided to rename me and Jason Hootie and the Bean. That was our that was our breakfast show name. Yeah, and and you've got a video of them just on their iPhones of them, you know, chasing girls down the street or whatever. That sort of thing, so lazy and boring. 
So, you know, if you're going to do, if you're going to do a good parody song, you've got to try and at least make it sound like you're having a go. Mm. And um, <laughs> there's, there's, you know, there's versions of songs that are just done so well with um, like um, great production. You'll get a good singer who can sing it. Weird Al can obviously sing everything. Um, there's, do you, do you know literal videos, literal, um, yes. video parody? Yes. I've seen uh, total clips of the heart. That's total kind of the pivotal of the one, right? Yeah. yeah. So this is basically where you get a video, popular song. So like, um, meatloaf's, um, I'll do anything for love. You get the video clip, you get a instrumental version of the song and you don't sing the, l- the lyrics. You get a, someone who can sing like meatloaf or you get, um, uh, love is a battlefield and you get someone who can sing like Pat Benatar to sing what's happening in the video clip. Mm. So, you know, in, in, um, in I'll do anything for love, he's singing like, she's washing her hair in a fountain. <laughs> Reflection just gave me away. Oh no, I just dropped my shiny necklace on some stupid twig, etc. There's a great tears for fears one where it's something happens and I head over here. I don't know why, but I head over. And it's like literally as this guy's heading over there. So <laughs> yeah, and so they've got people who can do it right and they, and they sound good because it's just so boring and it's tempting. You get a funny idea for parody and you just do it. Like, and we do it live, you know, we'll think, I remember um, Alex Lloyd had this song called Amazing and um, we come up with this silly idea, which we'd sing occasionally. If anyone stuffed up on stage, we'd just go like, you were substandard. <laughs> we did substandard. And you know, you just—that's fine. But if you, I think, to, for a real enduring parody, it's got to be not lazily recorded and not lazily. You don't just think of the first thing that rhymes. As in this world, that everything's so recyclable and quick, and you've got to get it done straight away. Mm. Just take a bit of time. Step back. Yeah, Weird Al takes a little bit of time. You know, he was doing "Don't Touch, Don't Touch This" by I "Can't Touch This" by MC Hammer as "Can't Watch This" on an album that came out in 1992, and I'm pretty sure MC Hammer put that song out in the 80s. Yes, things did yeah. move slow back then, didn't they? Yeah, that's um. true. They definitely did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I think the the other the other thing is just to swear, like just stop being negative and being rude and swearing and just you know just think of something obvious that's you know that rhymes. You know, uh, what about um, what about the the ingredients that make a really really good parody song? Well, time. You've got to, you've got to, and, and not too much time. I'm really bad at this. I think of things 20 years too late. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Well, actually, I was looking it up today because I, I wrote a song as an idea for a Frenzel Rom song in like 2003. I think it was around the San Susi time when we put out an album called San Susi. And um, it was all, it was, it was to the, there's a great song called Last Caress by the Misfits. And, um, and I had an idea for uh, we need one more uh, David Koresh, uh, you know, the Waco uh, cult kind of idea. So I was like, oh, how about this? And I wrote this whole song and demoed it. One last Koresh. <laughs> and Jason's like, that was 1993, mate. You reckon anyone's going to know what David Koresh is? So, <laughs> so time, but not too much time. You okay, know. <laughs> fair enough. And, um, and you got to, as I learned with uh, Tsunami, you got to not punch down. you got to punch in the right direction. And there are correct people to punch. And the government's obviously absolutely right for punching, but not while uh, the rest of the world, the rest of the, uh, the developing world is being punched down and then you're making everyone feel bad about trying to help them out. So, mm. um, yeah, you've got to do that. And uh, get Weird Al to do it would be the third thing, I'd say. <laughs> get Weird Al to do your parody. That's a good <laughs> ingredient. All right. Well, it's time that we wrap this up. Um, it's been a lot of fun, though, talking <laughs> about um, parody songs with you. You're the guy to do it, I reckon. So... <laughs> Dr. McDougal, what should we do about yeah. parody songs? Um, we should just do them. Do more of them. I guess what we should do with them is get Weird Al to do them. But, but if not, <laughs> we could get me to, to do a cover of a Weird Al doing one. Oh, yeah. This is, this, is, this is one that this is not... This is great. This is my favourite song 
probably of a comedy song of all time. And it is a cover, it is a parody, not of a song, but of a style of song. And it's quite appropriate because uh, Bob Dylan turned 79 just, the other, just last month. And um, he turns 80 next year, it's amazing. And this song is notable. See, I mentioned that I love smart uh, lyric writing and I love plays on words. Every single line in this song is a palindrome, which means it reads the same front as it reads if you turn it around backwards. Wow. It's called Bob, which also is a palindrome. I'm an M. Regal, a German am I. Never ride or even if I had a high five. Madam, I'm Adam, too hot to hoot. No lemons, no melon, too bad I hit a boot. Lisa Bonet ain't no basil, Warsaw was raw. Was it a cat or a car I saw? Rise to vote, sir, do geese see God? Do nine men interpret nine men I nod? Rats live on no evil star, won't lovers revolt now? Race fast, safe car. Pause the sap, Mar is as selfless as I am. May a moody baby doom a yam. Oh my god, it's one of the best songs in the world. There's a uh, Satan sees Natasha, no devil lived on. Lonely Tyler, no, not a banana baton. No X in Nixon, old stone be not so. Oh, Geronimo, no minor ego. Naomi, I moan, a Toyota's a Toyota. A dog, a panic, <laughs> in a pagoda. On the last verse. Oh no, Don Ho, nurse, I spy gypsies run. See now, felines, now I see bees, I won. UFO tofu, we panic in a pew. Uzi rat in a sanitary zoo. Got a red nugget, a fat egg under a dog. Go sack, go hang a salami, I'm a lasagna hog. And he even gets like the, 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 the food in at the end there. Wow. <laughs> It's, it's so just, what's the name of that song? It's called Bob. Bob. Because <laughs> it's a Bob Dylan parody. That is just uh, incredible. Style parody. And the video clip, of course, is just like Subterranean Homesick Blues by Bob Dylan, um, <laughs> where uh, he's got a, a character uh, dressed up to look like uh, Bob Dylan's manager who was doing it at the time. Or was it? No, it was um, that, that it was, I think it's Weird Al's manager, but in the uh, original Subterranean Homesick Blues, it's um, some fancy beat poet or whatever standing in the back with the lyrics on um, pieces of cardboard and he drops wow. and sort of shows them as they go up. It's ultimate brain candy for, uh, for a complete song and pun nerd. Incredible. I'll put a link to that. I'll find that video and yeah. put a link in the it, show it's notes. It's better when Weirdo Yankovic does it, as I mentioned <laughs> earlier. I'm not trying to remember it on the spot. But I can normally do it all in one go. That's <clears> with incredible. With guitar solos in the middle. Wow. Have you ever performed that? No, 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 no. I, there's some things that, because you imagine a crowd of Frenzel fans and people who come to my acoustic gigs are like, uh, you know, play, you know, bucket bong, play punch in the face, whatever, acoustic. And you, 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 okay, let me explain this to you. Every line is a palindrome, which means it can be repeated. No one cares. No one cares. But it used to be a, uh, a fun thing I would do when I was sitting around at home. There's like a few things like um, tism diatribes that I like to recite as well, mm. um, which are not technically parodies. But, yeah, yeah, just that, um, that nerd thing just to feed, the, uh, feed that part of your brain. Wow. Well, Lindsay, uh, thanks so much for jumping on the pod, but especially for bringing the guitar with you and performing. Oh, yeah. It's, it's great to, to relive some memories of Weird Al and also uh, controversial parody songs of uh, yeah. 15 in years ago. the first ago. week of Jay and the Doctor on Triple J. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to those guys? Oh, yeah. They went where they're supposed to. Actually, no, I'm still on radio, so I don't know. <laughs> 
Lindsay McDougall is on both Twitter and Instagram at Dr McDougall and you can hear him on Drive on ABC Illawarra weekdays from 3pm. And thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, would you be so kind to subscribe and maybe even leave a review while you do so? It really does get the word out. You can also connect with the show on Instagram and Facebook at What Shall We Do Pod and on Twitter at What Shall We Pod. What Shall We Do About is hosted and produced by me, Sam Robinson, with production support from Ali Barnes and original theme music by Chad Gardner. I'll catch you next time.